Did Brian want to talk about the bear? I don't think so. I don't think he watched it yet. I don't know. I, I don't no even know if he's watched, watched the first season. season. Two. I think he did watch season one because I feel like he. I mentioned at our end of 2022 that I yeah. still hadn't watched season one. And I think he was like, oh, it's really good. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'll always be down to talk about the bear, but you were you were right. I should have watched it a long time ago. <laughs> it's so good. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, have you have you watched any Ted Lasso or no? I don't no, know not yet. You... I haven't watched that at all. Ted Lasso. I, I, I haven't think... paid. I like. I I just kind of like. I don't want to give Apple any more money. Yeah, I know. Like they don't like they should just be giving me this shit for free for the amount of money I fucking spent with them over the past well, year, few years. They kind of like, do if you like. Usually, there's like so I don't know. It's weird. They're very weird about it. Yeah. Um. There's been this like groundswell of shows that are that are good about positive things. You know, there's a lot of TV out there, especially like with the rise of like a Breaking Bad of like anti-heroes and meth. Evil, yeah, like meth, like <laughs> a regular dude turning very evil, that kind of thing. And so yeah. like Ted Lasso was kind of this like refreshing breath of like, here's people being good to each other on TV. Right. And Ted Lasso, I think, went into kind of caricature land in a lot of ways. It stopped being what felt real, and it started to feel very fantastical. Um, and that's probably in part just due to the series was partly created by Bill Lawrence of Scrubs fame. Uh, and he's also gone on to do a show called Shrinking on Apple TV Plus with Jason Segel and Harrison Ford and... It's also very good um, and has to do with people being good to each other and is also somewhat fantastical. The bear, especially after season two, I feel like feels like a much more real version of that, of people trying to be better and failing in some ways and succeeding in others. And, um, and I really appreciate it for that. Uh, the first season was eight episodes. We finished it like a couple weeks before season two came out, which okay. was nice because yeah, then you're more, fresh like, going into it because it picks up right where it left off. Like absolutely, absolutely. And what I will say is, so we might open up to spoilers here. So if you haven't seen any of the bear, you should go watch it yes, all immediately. Please, it's on Hulu. Please watch it because if there's not enough viewership for me to get a third season, I might just die. I think it's too much of a critical darling. And I think it also did very well for Hulu because uh, it's a Hulu on FX TV show that they dropped all episodes at once on a, on Hulu. Um, but as soon as Nicole and I finished season two, we started episode one again of the first season because <laughs> yeah. we were like, I'm not ready for the show to not to be done right now. I need more of it. And, uh, and let me tell you, 
the show is even even for somebody who recently watched season one it was rewarding to go back to episode one after finishing season two even there's so much that they have woven through both seasons with small references and just the arcs that the characters go through um that is really really wonderful and wonderfully plotted and beautifully acted and you know so well written and it's it's just an incredible show in all regards yeah i i the way i i've described it to people is that it's a show that instead of me just like watching like television and being entertained it's actually it actually makes me feel things mm-hmm. like like I have like visceral reactions to what's happening, and a oh, lot yeah. of it is is due to the the realism that is portrayed by the characters and in, in the in the script and everything like it just it has this like we you know being brothers and having an older brother, we have a family dynamic uh amongst us that is nothing like the dynamic of the characters in the show but to see this family mm-hmm. and and feel like it's it's like it's just this I can't I can't explain it other than just like this show makes me feel things and it makes me feel things in a way that like might make you a little uncomfortable but at the same time like it feels real so it doesn't feel like you're not uncomfortable because you're like this is so ridiculous and i can't believe they're showing me this you're uncomfortable because you're like oh yeah i had a family dinner that was like that one time Mm -hmm. or like i had an argument with someone that made me feel that way or whatever like it just has it has this ability to call back these very real emotions in you as a viewer that i don't feel like i've ever really had with television other than like the the only other similar show series I think I can kind of compare it to would be like the Friday Night Lights and Parenthood For feelings, sure. yeah. Which again, two shows very grounded in reality and didn't have a lot of that fan- fantastical stuff going on. It was very much like except for when Landry murdered a dude. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking was, like earlier. That was, that was a writer strike season. We we forgive that one. Yeah, but anyway. So, but that's that's how it it made me feel how how uh what was your guys reaction to episode six in season two i mean so there's episode like right six, from the get-go as soon as it opens up like it's just fucking there it is a clown car of people who are big in hollywood and it felt so like Every new person that I would see, I was like, are you shitting me that this person is in this one episode of the show right now? And then it kept getting to the point where I was like, this is almost a little bit annoying that there's so many people in it. And then they keep going and you're like, you know, you know what? I'm back around. This is just incredible. They're just flexing on the fact that they can get whoever the fuck they want to come on this TV show somehow. Because it's so good that everyone wants to be a part of it. And it doesn't matter how big or little the role is. For sure. They all want it. Yeah. And and that speaks volumes to the people behind the show. For sure. Yeah. I I think, 
Yeah, I, I like I had heard rumblings of like episode six is crazy, and I was like, okay, I don't even know what that could possibly mean. You know, like the first season had an episode that was all one shot, pretty much, and that was insane. Yeah, maybe it's something kind of like that, or like. You know, I didn't even know what to expect. The fact that it was an hour long, I was like, I guess it's probably not going to, I don't think it's an hour long one shot. And then it started and I was like, okay, we're in another flashback. Like it, it's the kind of thing where like the show didn't need to go back and explain anything. The show could have been complete without this episode. But it fills in so much color for all of these characters that you know and care about. And it fills in so many references for things that you've maybe only heard of or assumed um, that, like, it's just, it's, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And it's, it's, there's nothing, I can't think of a show that's done anything like that before where it's just. There's a lot of self-contained episodes or like flashbacks and flash forwards or like we're going to we're going to go back and show you this thing that happened that you didn't know that happened. This was literally just like we're going to throw you into a Christmas dinner with this family of people and you're well, just going well, yeah, to cuz normally shows like shows are giving you flashbacks for the the sole purpose of giving context towards something that's going to happen. Or something that's already happened. Mm-hmm. And this episode extrapolates that into like, this is why these people are who the they are, are and yeah. and the way that they are. Like it's, this is it, their it's family like, dynamic. This it pulls, is like- it just pulls apart everything at the threads and shows you what's inside of each and every one of these characters, specifically the characters that you've seen repeatedly in the series so far. Because there's mm-hmm. some that this is their first time you're seeing them, yeah. Um, so it, and then by the end of the season, you see that last scene outside of the restaurant, and you're just like, oh, ma-, like you just feel. I don't want to spoil it, but I want to spoil it, but I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> you just feel this this tightness in your chest of like, mm-hmm. oh man, like because you, you just you you want so much for everything to be okay for these characters you know yeah and then you know for um for for um the just the whole love story aspect of it too i mean Mm -hmm. why am i drawing a blank on the main character's fucking name right now yeah when when carmy's locked in the freezer and he's giving this monologue to himself essentially because he doesn't know if anyone's actually listening or not but unfortunately the one person who is listening is the one person who fucking should not be listening and you're just like it's it just hurt so bad i've never had a show make me feel the way this show made me feel (laughs) like i've cried on some tv you know and like whatever but I've like walked away from it and just been like, nah, yeah, I cried at that episode, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. this, this show from start to finish has made me feel so many different ways. And it's like, even just thinking about it now brings water to my eyes. Yep. 
Yeah. And welcome, I, I've welcome, never... Welcome to the world of Alex's tears, John. I, I'm just, I feel like I've never had television do that to me before. To that, I mean, obviously, like I said, Friday Night Lights had hit some hit some threads with me, but that was especially like at a particular time in my life where like watching that story just had that effect on me. Yeah, in general, but nothing to this effect. Mm-hmm. And and again, a lot of it I think stems from the familial relations, and and again having the the relationship we have as brothers and and with and with Andy like I feel like it brings it to a different level. I don't know if I would hope that everyone can kind of relate to this in some way because again this show feels incredibly real. Yeah. Um and even my friends who have been in kitchens are like, "Yeah, they can get fucking crazy, man." Like, you know, when yeah. the dinner rush rolls through or the lunch rush rolls through, it it can get pretty hectic and a lot of bad words are thrown around and a lot of mean things are said to so and so and you know and and I don't remember you who maybe each it was other or you don't and <laughs> yeah I don't I think it was maybe Nick and he was like that doesn't make me want to work in a restaurant at all and I was like I was like the complete opposite I'm like that makes me want to have a restaurant like I want to be in that position maybe it's the control part of me like I want to be like in that position of like not necessarily like doling out orders per se, but just like every, like the whole, like just general cookery terms of mise en place of everything in mm. its place. Like, like the orderliness of, at which Carmen chain wants of command. And yeah. People, chain of command and accountability of them <laughs> and, and accountability and like, yeah. and just like doing the work and like getting shit done mm-hmm. is something I admire greatly. And, yeah. uh, Funny, funny anecdote um, in the in the bear they do um, between Carmi and um, what's her name? Sid. Sid. Yeah. Wow. I'm so bad with names. They do the <laughs> they do the I'm sorry sign language thing over their heart with their yeah. fist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I snapped at my boss earlier this week and I found myself doing that to him, but he wasn't really knowing what I was saying. And I had to like walk <laughs> over to him and be like, I'm sorry, dude. I just I didn't mean to snap at you. That was totally my bad. Like, I just, I feel like I'm getting shit thrown at me from every direction and my brain's kind of scattered right now. So I just, and he like looked at me all weird. He's like, he's like, nah, he's like, just, uh, let's just keep getting shit done, you know? And I'm like, yep. And I was yep. doing the thing and I was like, I didn't, I, he's and, I walked away and, <laughs> and I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, why is it? <laughs> no, but, that's good. Yeah. It, no, I, I feel it, it's kind of stinks. Cause like I watched the whole show, uh, as soon as like, as soon as like nine, eight eight thirty nine o'clock hits megan is basically out until midnight mm-hmm. uh and so i watched the whole show in in like three days in that span of time like yeah. from eight to midnight uh because i could not stop watching it and she didn't watch any of it and i don't know if like it's she just didn't find the first season interesting or if she's just that tired maybe a mix of both but uh, maybe this will make her go back and want to watch it when she gets to it. She's just hit the hundredth episode in the in the oh, feed, okay. so she's catching up. Yeah. Um. No. The uh, we we purposefully were like we're going to watch one per day because we knew we would want like we chewed through season one I think in three days because <laughs> yeah. we were like this is too good. It was like eating candy. It was so yep. good and. Uh, so we very purposefully stretched this one out to like one episode per day. And that was really good. Um, 
but yeah, I'm chomping at the bit for a third season. Then uh, you know, with the with the strikes that are going on, it might be a while. So hopefully, but whatever they need to, you know, work out contracts that make sense, and and you know, whatever time they need to develop the show as well. Yeah, um, I like I. I was skeptical about a season two when season one finished because I was like, man, this was a really great, great story. And all the needle drops are incredible. Like everything, everything in the show is so good. I was like, I don't know if they can match it. I don't know if they can meet that expectation. And I think this season turned the show into so much more at the same time of like, you know, you're so ingrained with the characters and the development that everybody gets in this season is so great. Fucking like there's so many times in season one that Nicole was like, God fucking Richie. I hate Richie so much. And then by <laughs> the end of episode seven, she was like, I think Richie's my favorite character in this fucking show. <laughs> Cause it's just, it's so that it's, the whole episode focused on him. Yes. training is like incredible. And just his whole story between like him and his daughter and his and his ex fiance, like I mm-hmm. man, like what yeah. a trip. That whole show is just a trip. Not to mention that another fucking Oscar winning actress just is like, Okay, I'm here, you know, like I'm in this yeah. episode for literally five minutes and then I'm out right. and incredible performance, great conversation, so fucking good. It's just goddamn, what a show. It's incredible. Like, we ended up... I think the first season came out probably, like, a month after Reese was born. And that's probably why we were like, eh. I think we were literally just in, like... We had started a parenthood rewatch, like, several months beforehand. Because, like, why not? When we're going to have a baby, we're going to be crying anyway. Like, let's throw (laughs) parenthood on. And, uh... So we were just, like, on autopilot putting Parenthood on most of the time when Reese was that young, because we weren't really going to absorb anything that we watched. So I guess I'm grateful that we didn't watch it when it came out, because I probably wouldn't have retained as much as I have, but, um, yeah, yeah, like, you know, we're... we started it over again as soon as we finished season two, and now we're all the way back up to, like, episode four of season two again, and it's just... It's so good. It's a great show. Everybody should watch it. 100%. 100%. I also, I, I figured out um, how Megan's made such great headway in the podcast, and it's because she listens to it sped up. There's people that do that. And uh, if you think we're annoying normally, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, we don't Brand sound like, like chip- this really quick. <laughs> yeah, we don't sound like chipmunks. <laughs> But we sound fucking ridiculous. That's, uh, yeah. Especially no. when we laugh and it's like, ha ah! <laughs> <laughs> I can't Beautiful. wait till she listens to that. My sped up laugh sped up. <laughs> and it just sounds like one note. <laughs> <laughs> just shatters the glass in whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Doing. Her whole car, all the windows blow out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I anyways. I can't do that. I can't uh, do that. What else do we want to talk about? Oh, I have some music to talk about. Yeah. First, I'm a, this one will be a really quick one. Um, if you were friends with me in between the years of like 1998 and uh, 2000, you probably knew that I listened to a lot of David Gray. Mm. And he just released uh, White Ladder Live, 
So if you are oh. not familiar with David Gray's White Ladder, uh, it's a really great album with some really great songs that you will probably recognize when you hear them. Um, and I've just always loved the opening track. Please forgive me. I think it's so good. And I think the drum, the who I can't remember who his drummer is, but the dude is a fucking machine. And that song really sh- makes him shine. Because um, it's mostly David Gray is a very piano driven uh, musician. And so a lot of his piano beyond that. So check that out. Uh, and then between our last episode and now, Sleep Token dropped their third album, which is called uh, Take Me Back to Eden. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it's called, right? I'm just going through my albums again here. Uh, yep. Yes, Take Me Back to Eden. It is part of a trilogy. The first album being Sundowning. The second album being This Place Will Become Your Tomb. So this completes the trilogy. If you're not familiar with Sleep Token, they are a band out of the UK. And I would kind of call them progressive metal in a way. But in all reality, they kind of just transcend genre. Mm. Like they don't, they're all over the place, man. Um, And this latest album is a masterpiece. I think it's their best because it feels the most cohesive out of all of their stuff sundowning has like a front half and a back half going on with it and um this place will become your tomb is all over itself like it's it's just crazy it like every song is different um and take me back to eden has a very cohesive feel to it and my favorite part is it has a lot of callbacks to other songs from the previous two albums completing the trilogy in a way which is really sick and I've found that if if you're not the type of person who likes to listen to entire albums and you're looking for some sleep token to introduce you to them, I would recommend you listen to uh, On Sundowning, the first two tracks, The Night Does Not Belong to God and The Offering are amazing. I'm also a huge fan of the song Dark Science, which is number four on that track, uh, on that album. And then on the second album, This Place Will Become Your Tomb, I recommend checking out Hypnosis uh fall for me and alkaline are amazing and telomeras is also really fucking good and then if you get your if you get into that and you want to hear more just start take me back to eden at the beginning and work your way through the whole album because song after song it just gets better and it ends on stuff it, it like the last track euclid ends on the um, bridge portion from the night does not belong to God off the first album. Mm. And it's kind of like a reprise as they say. And it's so good. Like, and if you get a chance to check out the art direction for take me back to Eden, it's one of the coolest looking album covers uh, with some fucking badass hand-drawn art. It looks like it was drawn by the guys who did all the hand-drawn art for destiny um relating back to video games it's very cool sketchy (laughs) like Derek hesse kind of like awesomeness uh and i did get a t-shirt uh because i uh which i'm I'm usually very reluctant to buy shirts from bands with pre-ordering albums and stuff because oftentimes they cheap out and they buy garbage shirts but um sleep token went with the best of the best and used an as color shirt if you're not familiar with as color get familiar because it's the nicest t-shirt you'll ever own um and if you need some, let me know. I can figure that out because I have an account <laughs> with them at work. Um, 
And then uh, music-wise, what else have I been listening to? There's been some other cool stuff that's come out. Uh, Nothing But Thieves is the one you told me to check out. Nothing But Thieves dropped a really sweet album. And why can't I find that now? Here. Where is it? I put it in the chat. Dead Club City. Yeah, Dead Club City by Nothing But Thieves opens with a real banger and uh it just it's a good it's a good rock album it's just it feels good and it and it's it's like super upbeat and solid um and then i've bought I've, I've been buying a lot of vinyl um because there was a big sale at one of my um record labels that i buy stuff from frequently uh known as equal vision records if you're not familiar with the post hardcore scene and like post rock scene um, they've put out a lot of good stuff, but they released, they re-released code sevens, uh, dancing echoes, dead sounds album on vinyl. Oh. And so I picked up a copy of that and it's, it's beautiful. I also have a copy. I just received my copy of thrice, uh, their reissue of the artist in the ambulance, which isn't just a reissue. It's a complete re-recording <laughs> of the entire album. Really? Yes. And they made a podcast where they talk about the process of that, of going back through that album and re-recording it and stuff. Um, so if you're into Thrice, check that out. The re-recording of the album is very cool. Uh, I did Webby, and it, when it came out, Webby and I had a quick conversation about how he hates how their drums sound. Mm-hmm. And I agree, their drums, the drums on, like, because they've been recording their own albums ever since, I think, the Elemental series that came out, the Alchemy Index. Yeah. Um, And they have, like, since then, their drum sounds have always been incredibly natural, which to some is great. To others, they don't really feel it. Personally, I think it's okay, but I like drums to sound, like, super crisp and clean a la Deftones, I think have some of the best drum recordings. Also, Coheed, especially early Coheed, uh, specifically in Keeping Secrets, I think has some of the best sounding drum recordings because they're like overly compressed and crispy sounding. <laughs> um, so, I yeah, the Thrice album. And then I finally got my copy of Copeland's latest album, which is a collection of their songs. Um, shit, I'm drawing another blank again. Let me pull it up here. It's called Revolving Doors. It's a collection of a bunch of their singles off of their other albums, but it was recorded with like the Philadelphia Harmonic Orchestra behind them. Hmm. So there's some really cool tracks there. And then I also picked up a copy of... Where is it? I'm going through all my other things here because I have so many. Oh, now it's not going to show me. Oh, here it goes. Nope. I the Mighty. There we go. I picked up a copy of Connector by I the Mighty, which is a really, really awesome album if you're into like the kind of screamo stuff uh, that's not whiny per se. Hmm. Uh, and then I picked up an album uh, by the band Saves the Day that is not the standard Saves the Day album that everybody knows called Stay What You Are. That was the one everybody like knew because it has. Um, the song at your funeral on it. And then it also had freakish, which was the music video that had like a bunch of Muppets in it and stuff. Um, okay. Most people know that album. It came out in 2001. The album I got was from 2013 and it's just their self-titled saves the day. And 
Well, if you want to listen to some of like the catchiest emo shit you can possibly listen to and bob your head and just like this is like summer music for sure. Um, check out that album, Saves the Day, self-titled uh, from 2013. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, I did just get today in the mail my Deftones 20th anniversary of the self-titled Deftones album came out. So that's cool, too. They forgot my T-shirt, though, and I emailed them to be like, you forgot my T-shirt. And they said, we'll get it out to you right away. And I saw they sent me tracking uh, before I left work today. So nice. that's on its way. And I think that's it for music for now. Well, I, I hate I that you others, told me that uh, they have uh, Dancing Echoes, Dead Sounds. Yeah, you want to talk right. about a masterpiece of an album. Yeah. That is one of them. I should probably buy. I, th- I thought I had two copies <laughs> of it, too. Like, I thought I had already bought it when they pressed it a while ago but oh. i couldn't find it but i also didn't look hard enough in my collection so if i have a second copy of it like i i'm happy to give one to you because i know you've given me some albums in the past too so i, I mean i i'm down to it, it's 25 bucks like that's not breaking the bank by any- yeah well that's the thing is i bought all these other vinyl because equal vision was having a sale for um the 4th of july and i'm like well i can't pass up 20 percent off a bunch of albums like yeah and they had stuff that I actually wanted to listen to, and I listened to regularly anyways, so I figured, what the hell, might as well do it. Um, oh, and Covet put out a new album. I don't remember if I talked about that. Uh, it's not as good as Technicolor, and I... It's called Catharsis. I The only reason I'm saying it's not as good as Technicolor is I think because I've played Technicolor so many fucking times because it's Eloisa's favorite album. Um so we put it on for her for bedtime and that that whole album just makes me like eternally calm (laughs) so but catharsis is really good Uh, oh and i wanted to rant about moxie the band for a minute not uh not them specifically like poorly they were on tour and the headliner craig owens and his crew got t-boned in their van and canceled the tour so i didn't get to see moxie the band and um I just want to say that if you work for the company, I think they're called um, SoundRink or something like that. Let's see if I can find the the information. Uh, yeah, if you work for SoundRink, you can go fuck yourself is what I want to say, essentially, because SoundRink... They canceled the show, didn't say anything, didn't send anybody an email saying, hey, the show's canceled. I hit up the Loving Touch to be like, is the show canceled? They, I got nothing from them. I hit up the drummer from Moxie the Band because I figured he's pretty active on Instagram. So I just messaged him like, hey, like, what's up? Are you guys playing in a couple nights or what? And he's like, no, whole tour's canceled. We're just playing shows to head back home, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. Good to know. And And I was like... Do you guys, are you guys coming back out if they, if they like reschedule the shows? And he's like, I don't know. Like, I can't answer that right now. I'm like, bummer. Uh, so I emailed SoundRink to be like, hey, like, you know, I'd like to get my money back. And they're like, well, we can't give you your money back because the show hasn't been rescheduled yet. And, you know, if, if we reschedule it and you can't make the date, then, you know, we'll give you your money back. And I'm like, well, are, do you know if the other bands are playing? And they were like, no, there's no guarantee. And I was like, well, then I would like my money back. <laughs> and they were like, we can't give you your money back because you don't like the bands that are playing. And I'm like, okay, well, you can go fuck yourself. Like, that sucks. 
That's so, so ridiculous. I'm waiting for them to announce the reissue date because ultimately, uh, while I'm glad that nobody was seriously injured, uh, fuck Craig Owens, and uh, I hope he hears this, but he probably won't. But he's a piece of shit, and I want him to know <laughs> that he's a piece of shit. So, um, and for various reasons that I won't get into, but uh, mostly because he fucked over one of my really good friends from my music days. So, um, eat shit, Craig. Um, I'm glad you didn't get hurt. Uh, but you suck, and uh, I don't want you. My money was not meant for you. It goes to Moxie and Kurt Travis because Kurt Travis was on that tour too. So, well, there you go. That end rant. <laughs> I just talked a lot. No, I mean that's hey, uh, that's good. I don't know that I have a whole lot else that I could talk about other than like the bear. I'm trying to think about like, was there any food or have there been any food things that I've experienced lately? Oh, we've had, uh, we've had XP plus Coke. Oh yeah, we did. We had the league of legends, Coke, ultimate Coke. It's okay. The way I voiced it, uh, to someone at work was because they asked, he's asked me, he's like, is it any good? And I'm like, it is the most Coke Coke you've ever coked when you coke. <laughs> because, and, and I said this to him too, I'm like, because it tastes exactly like if you go to somewhere to get Coke from the fountain and the mix is off. Mm, mm. And you're getting too much Coke. That's what it tastes like. Which, that's not necessarily bad. Because the mix is right on. Because we got it from cans and bottles, obviously. Yeah, but it was their intent. Um, I do think that the small cans that they came in, that we got them in, I haven't seen them in bigger cans, but I think this is the right dose of of this. Yeah, probably. I think it would be too much, and I think they do make uh, you like they I got the they twenty ounce 20 bottles. Ounce. Yeah, because I had a twenty ounce bottle yeah. at work, but like I made it about halfway through that twenty ounce bottle, and I was like, ah, I'm kind of over this. So the eight ounce can is the way to go if you're if you're trying to get some uh, ultimate Coke, uh, zero calorie XP flavored. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I I don't I I really just want Starlight back. That's what that's what we're saying at work too. We're like, if they could just bring Starlight back, that would be great because I don't think they'll ever top that. No, no, it's. And I don't know if it's just because it was the first one or what, but for some reason, like that one, I really like Starlight a lot. Because it tastes exactly like I said. It tastes like the Coke at Star Theater's Star John R. <laughs> like the combination of drinking Coke from the fountain plus smelling the buttery popcorn from the bin <laughs> as you shovel it into your mouth. And that's what they think space flavored is, is. That's why it's called Starlight because it's about it's supposed <laughs> to be nostalgic for Star Theaters. <laughs> it's like it's like Star Southfield threw up in your mouth is what it tastes like. That's my favorite. Uh, well, and you have a and you also the flavor profile. You have a migraine from looking at the at the Star Star yeah. walkway. <laughs> That's at Star Southfield. <laughs> yep, and you have to smell cheeseburgers going by Johnny Rockets. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Give me Starlight. That just oh, reminds yeah. me that Tom's birthday is around the corner. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he used to just go see movies all the time at Star Southfield. <laughs> yeah. Double feature for his yep. mate's birthday. Yes, sir. 
All I can think of is George of the Jungle, and that's the only one. <laughs> I don't know what else we saw. <laughs> I definitely saw, um, I believe it was Happy Gilmore as a double feature with them, but I can't remember what the other movie was because Happy Gilmore was so good. Let's see if we can figure it out. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, what came out the same time as Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore would have been 1996. Let's go to 1996 in film on uh, Wikipedia here. And Happy Gilmore came out in February. February. I mean, uh, maybe it was Bill. No, it was Billy Madison. Okay, Billy Madison. All right, Billy Madison. Probably what, 95? All right, 1995 in film. And Billy Madison. Billy Madison also February. Really? But also, like, back then, movies might stick around longer. I don't know about June, though. Or maybe we just saw it. Or July, rather. Generally, because Tom's dad was like, we're going to see Billy Madison. You guys want to (laughs) go? Was it some other Adam Sandler thing? I don't think so. I don't let's know. see. Let's go. I'll go to Adam Sandler's filmography. Man, this is extensive, extensive work for something that nobody listening is going to do. Yeah, no, they're like, this is dumb. <laughs> These guys talking about Adam Sandler movies from 1996. It's a side quest. So, you know what? You yeah, can just this is what it. we do. Embrace this. We do this. Here. Wedding Singer would have been 98. I doubt that would have been. No, that's too Water late. Waterboy? Also 98. But what time of year did Waterboy come out? Waterboy came out November 6th, so that's too late in the year. I think we saw Waterboy for my birthday that year. Billy Madison, yeah, it was February 10th, 95. (laughs) It's probably not Airheads or Coneheads. That would be too early. What about Austin Powers? Austin Powers, I feel like, was like a Father's Day. Austin Powers. Austin Powers Faja. <laughs> May second, ninety-seven. More, I feel, more. No, I feel like we will, we saw that like opening weekend. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Let me see. All right, let's see. George of the Jungle. Ninety-seven. Okay. So ninety-seven in film. We'll go to George of the Jungle. July 16th is when that came out. Okay, that's that's on other, point. Other movies out around or actually before their birthdays. Contact. Probably not. No. Out to see Men in Black. Probably Men in like Black a, and George of the Jungle. Men in Black and George yeah. of the Jungle would have been sounds, about right. That, yeah. All right, so that was 97. Let's go back to 96. <laughs> see what came out in July. Uh... No, my mouse has stopped letting me unclick the scroll wheel. So that's cool. This is great radio. <laughs> the yeah. best radio. The side all quest, right. remember? Uh, all right. So we've got 
July 19th re-release of Willy Wonka, The Frighteners. Could be a Tom movie. Did we see that in theaters? I don't remember. We may have seen that in theaters. Kazam also a Tom movie. I feel like he would want to go I don't, see Kazam. I, I don't think I've seen Kazam. I don't think I've watched think I that movie. Either. Multiplicity, July 17th. I know I saw that in theaters. I don't know if it was for their birthday, though. What? <laughs> I remember seeing Multiplicity in theaters. Kingpin also came out on the 26th. At Joe's apartment. Man, 96. What a good... Uh, Independence Day was July 3rd. Yeah, we probably saw Independence Day that year. Independence Day and Multiplicity? <laughs> I don't think we saw Multiplicity. <sighs> I, I, maybe I didn't see Multiplicity in theater. I don't think so. I think we watched it at like Nan's house or something. You might be right about that. Oh, you know what? The Nutty, Nutty Professor was June 28th. Yeah, Nutty so we Professor probably saw Naughty Professor in Independence Day, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Man, what about uh let's see if we can go to let's go to ninety uh eight, see what would have been July. So July of ninety eight. Mask of Zorro? On the 17th. I don't remember seeing that. Dennis the Menace Strikes Again. Uh, The 10th, there was Lethal Weapon 4 and Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers was a maybe. I don't know that I saw that in theaters, though. I don't think I saw that in theaters either. Yeah. Dr. Doolittle would have been June 26th. That's possible. Truman Show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what that would have been. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> if you're here with us, we love you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a good time. Yeah, it's uh, quite the uh, quite the side quest for the return of of side quests, I suppose. The most side quest there's ever been before. Um, yeah, it's man, one of those get, weird basically. side quests that takes too long and then you just forget what you were doing altogether <laughs> and then you put the game down and stop playing. Yeah. Uh, July 31st, uh, uh, Basketball of 1998. Definitely did not see that in theaters. No. No, but you should have because yeah. you could have. What they, is this? Wow. Uh, the Wikipedia article for basketball in the first uh, section here. Basketball is credited with coining the internet slang term derp. Really? I guess I I don't I can't remember anybody saying derp in in uh, in basketball, but what a contribution to uh, to life now, huh? Parker and Stone later referenced the term in South Park's third season episode, The Succubus, where Chef is replaced by Mr. Derp. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
What a movie, though. I've been meaning to go back and watch it. Because it's been a long time. Uh, <sighs> but, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Are you watching basketball right now? I was trying to figure out where the derp is. <laughs> and he's... He, uh, Reamer says derp at the very end of the scene where they're in um, <laughs> derp <laughs> uh, like Christie's mom's bedroom or whatever <laughs> as he's running out of the room he just goes derp <laughs> oh man somebody has it it says it's like it's on yeah, YouTube the, world, the world's first derp is what, yeah. uh, is no, yep. it's on know your meme <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's incredible. What an incredible reward at the end of the side quest is learning that derp came from basketball. Further um, cementing it as cinematic uh, mastery in history here. Yes. It was a a very uh, important cultural touchstone. <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's one of my favorite movies of all time and will yeah. forever be. Yep so yep. good anyways all right that's enough side quest yes hit your hit your save point and go take a break <laughs> and uh we'll see you next time peace